All right, turn our Bibles tonight, first of all, to the book of Ephesians. We'll be in Ephesians uh, chapter number uh, 5, and then uh, we will also be in Galatians chapter number 5. And so if you want to be finding uh, both of those uh, places, um, if you can think way back to two weeks ago, of course, last week uh, we had all the preaching uh, all throughout the week for the conference but if you'll go back to the, the week prior to that and the week prior to that, uh, we have been uh, uh, on the subject of the Holy Spirit, and uh, we've, we're going to find a progression, and uh, I, will go, I will review a little bit uh, to start, and then we'll get into uh, the outline that I want to give this evening. And uh, many of you uh, have said in the last couple of t- uh, Bible studies, uh, not including the conference, I've I've been pushing to get a lot in, and uh, many have made the comment, why don't you just make this a series? Because every time I get that in, there's there's six more points waiting for the next week. And so uh, the subject of the Holy Spirit is, um, it's one that we don't talk about enough, um, and uh, I'm going to be very practical again. Uh, We make it, sometimes we make it too mysterious and mystical, and it is not mystical and it is not mysterious. The Holy Spirit of God is God just as God the Father is God. Uh, He's God just as God the Son is God. And uh, we're going to look at his relationship to us again this evening. And uh, I'm going to tell you what I'm teaching on, the title, then we'll pray. uh, And then I'll illustrate to get us back, uh, refresh our memory to get us back to where uh, we can pick up tonight. But tonight I want to teach on spirit-filled results Or you can title this um, Evidence of Being Spirit-Filled or the Results of Being Spirit-Filled. So Spirit-Filled Results tonight is what we're going to look at. Father, I pray that you'll help us. May the Spirit of God uh, be our instructor this evening. Uh, May He help us to understand uh, and get a grasp of what the Bible teaches so that we can have a greater relationship uh, with not only the Spirit, uh, but with our Heavenly Father. I pray that As we look at this very practically this evening, uh, may we realize what is available to us uh, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, what is available to us uh, through us allowing Him to have more control of our life. Uh, We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, We speak of the Holy Spirit. I'll read Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse 18, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. I remind you in John chapter number 14, Jesus is teaching his disciples and uh, he tells them to let not their heart be troubled uh, because he is leaving them. Uh, he's going to that place called heaven and he's going to be preparing a place for them. And that's why he told them not to be troubled. He gave them instructions. And then if we continue in John 14, uh, he tells them that I'm going to send you another. I'm going to send you the comforter. The spirit is going to come. I have to leave because he can't come until I leave. And so he's going to leave the Spirit of God. Uh, We often, often uh, talk about God the Father, and we should. And God the Son, where would we be without the Lord Jesus Christ? 
We'd have no hope. We'd be hopeless without Him. And so uh, we, we, we put an emphasis on them, and we should. But that third member of the Trinity, the Spirit of God, uh, the one who uh, quickens us, and we'll look at just the, uh, be reminded of the one who has such a role in our life or should have such a role in our life, uh, often we neglect. And so I hope uh, through these uh, uh, simple uh, lessons that we'll uh, be reminded of that. And so I want to remind us of the, the role of the Holy Spirit uh, in our life, and I'll get uh, men to help me here. Um, Ryan, Brother Ryan, that's Brother Stanley. And which one is going to represent the filling? Can somebody from over here, <laughs> Brother Farber, I'll let you. Um, the Spirit of God is involved in our salvation. He quickens us, makes us alive. We are dead. The Spirit of God is what quickens us, gives us life. So we need to be reminded of that. It's through the Spirit of God. That's why it's important. You have to have the Word of God when it comes to salvation. Uh, that we have to have faith on the Word of God. Faith in what Grandma said isn't going to save anybody. Faith in what the church says isn't going to save, save anybody. Um, it, it's, it's the Word of God. And so the Spirit of God quickens us, makes us alive. Aren't you glad to be spiritually alive tonight? Some of you, I'm looking at you wondering if you're physically alive tonight, uh, but I'm assuming we're all saved. How many of us are saved tonight? We're all saved, okay? On our way to heaven, it's because the Spirit of God quickened us, made us alive. So everyone who's ever put their faith in Christ and is saved on their way to heaven, it all happened in all of us. We, we were dead in our sins. We were dead in our trespasses. We were spiritually dead, made alive. So all of us have this experience with the Spirit of God. This is review. We've gone through it several weeks. Then the Spirit that dwells in us. The Spirit of God is in us. He dwells in us. He begins to do a work in us. That's, that's why uh, the, after some time of salvation, we sing that song, I don't go the places I used to go. I don't do the things I used to do, say the things that I used to say. What is that? That's the Spirit of God doing a work in us. You can conform to religion all you want. But if you've never been quickened, uh, you're just, you're hopeless. You're still spiritually dead. He's not going to do a work on the inside. When we as God's people allow the Spirit of God to work on us on the inside, we know that comes through the Word of God. We, can, we change from the inside out. And so uh, that, that's, that's spiritual growth. That's healthy growth. Sp work on the inside out. Now, everybody who's been saved, they're all here. So where, where are they all? Everybody that's ever been led to the Lord by a soul, where are they all? Well, Figuratively speaking, they're all here. They're all in this place. They've all been made alive. <coughs> They've all been quickened. Uh, now, whether or not, well, there's been no, I've seen no change. Well, you have to have the Word of God, the Spirit of God for Him to work. So there is a change. And a lot of times, it's, it's, it's not, if they're, if they're made spiritually alive, that's why they need the Word of God. That's why they need uh, to be under the preaching of the Word of God, the teaching of the Word of God, because it's through that the Spirit of God begins to work on the inside of them. Sometimes we get mad at babes in Christ because they're babes in Christ. 
But they need to, they need to go from here to allow the, the work of the Spirit to work in them. Okay? This group is a little bit is smaller than this group. Because everybody's saved automatically this year. Quickened. Made alive. Then as we have a relationship with the Word of God, He begins to work in us. And He will continue to work in us until we grieve Him or quench Him. That's something that's got to be very, very, we need to be very, very aware of. And I, I would rather us go through life aware of that than be given a Baptist lift, list of do's and don'ts. Now, there's some things that we shouldn't do, but how about, how about we expand this list? What grieves the Spirit of God? Well, everybody said, what does it grieve the Spirit of God? Will it quench the Spirit of God in your life? These are questions that we need to be, be asking ourselves so He can work in us and He'll continue to work in us. And as He works in us, we get to a place where we empty ourselves so that He can have a filling. Then we live led by the Spirit of God. Often, we let ourselves get confused by that, like, like the, the Holy Spirit's going to be sitting on our shoulder, whispering in our ear, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. What comes by the Word of God? I'm just waiting for the Spirit to, to move. Well, there's, well let, me, let me give you a verse. Guess what? He just moved. Because forever, a word, oh, oh Lord, that Word is settled in heaven. But we give up our desires for spiritual desires. Less of us, more of Him. So this is the progression at salvation. He quickens us. Now He's living inside of us. He's dwelling in us. He's going to do a work in us. That's why we ought to be very, very careful not to quench Him, to, to um, grieve Him. That's why we all need to be aware of having a close relationship with God. That's why when, when we have Sunday morning, Sunday night, we have times when there's an invitation. Don't be slow when the Spirit of God impresses upon you something. Deal with it. In your, in your Bible reading, if the Spirit of God impresses something upon you, something that you need to change in your life, deal with it. The Spirit of God throughout your day says, you know what, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have said that. Deal with it. Why? Because we want him to continue to work so that we can have a filling. You can't be full of your own pride and full of the Spirit of God. And we're going to look at that a little bit. So we, we're reminded of the areas that uh, the Spirit of God moves. So everybody is here once the salvation. Now once we put ourselves under the Word of God, in the Word of God, on the Word of God... The Spirit of God is going to start doing a work inside of us. As long as we don't quench Him, as long as we don't grieve Him, He just has full reign to work. We get to a place where we can be filled with the Spirit of God. Now, again, it's a little smaller. Now, it is the will of God for every man to be saved. If somebody dies and goes to hell, it's not because God will not save them. Uh, every, it's the will of God for every man to be saved. 
So it's God's will for everybody to be there. Now, they won't because we know some will reject Christ. But those that trust Christ as their Savior, it's God's will for the Spirit of God to do a work in them. And it's God's will for every Christian to be filled by the Spirit of God. Every Christian. So tonight, I want to talk about, thank you, gentlemen, you can be seated. I want to talk about, we, we allow the Spirit of God to work in us. We want to allow ourselves to be filled with the Spirit of God. And then we're going to see some things tonight, some evidence, if you will, or some things that if we put an emphasis on them, we'll be on the same page as the Spirit of God. If you and I are not on the same page with the Spirit, how are we going to be filled by Him? How are we going to have His filling, His leading? We read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now look at with me, Genesis, uh, Galatians chapter number 5, verse number 22. We've looked at this in recent weeks. And it's good to be reminded of. I'll, I'll go back to verse 18. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. This is the flesh. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Holy Spirit of God has nothing to do with that. That's the flesh. Now, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. How do you think the Spirit of God feels when we, we, we put an attribute of the flesh and credit Him? I don't think He feels very good about it. I, I, think, I think it grieves Him. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Verse 23, meekness, temperance, against such there are, is no law. Wow, that's a little bit better list than the previous list, isn't it? If, I wanna, if, I, if my name's going to be written by one of those lists, I know which one I want my name written by. The fruit of the Spirit. Now, by way of introduction, including what we've already done, let me make just a couple of quick points we'll get into the outline. We find in Ephesians 5, verse 18, we find a command. Be filled with the Spirit. That's a command. That that is something. Well, I want I want a pastor who's filled with the Spirit. That's a reasonable request. It's not unreasonable for a pastor to say, "I want a church filled with the Spirit." The early church. There's men that turned the world upside down. They didn't leave until they were filled with the Spirit of God. So it's a command. Be. There's something we're supposed to be. Uh, we're supposed to be, be filled with the Spirit. Uh, as we've already seen, uh, the progress, the, the, at salvation, we're quickened. The next is we want to be changed. The Spirit of God is going to change us. The third is the filling. That's a command. And so at, as a church, as a soul winner, as a Sunday school teacher, as, a, as, a, as somebody who's interested in the loss, we want to give them the sal- salvation, sal- plan of salvation. We want to give them the gospel so that they might be saved and be quickened. Yes, they escape hell at salvation. Praise God. That's the greatest thing in the world. But now that they have been quickened, made alive spiritually, we want to help them grow. So we want to put them in a situation where the Spirit of God can work in their life. 
We want to be in the we want to be in church. We want to be in Sunday school. We want them to be in the Word of God. And we want them to grow to a place. That's why the church has to stay holy. The church has to stay separated. So it gets to the place where they can be filled with the Spirit. That's also every one of our should be every one of our goal. It's to be filled with the Spirit of God. First, I want to see there is a command to be. Then we see in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, we find the fruit of the Spirit. My point that I want to make in considering the fruit of the Spirit is very simple. There is fruit of the Spirit. We are commanded to be filled with the Spirit of God. So let's, 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 be, let, let's have some spiritual maturity. Let's stop debating justification. Well, I think I can do this. That's what I call loophole Christianity. Do this, do this, do this. Okay, let's, I, I'm not even having that discussion with you. If I've, got a, if I've got a verse, I'll give you the verse. But how about, how about be filled with the Spirit? And if there's something that keeps us from being filled with the Spirit, we are not living up to a Bible command. And I'm not, I had no intention of getting stuck here, but it looks like I'm going to get stuck here. So I, 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 I don't have to necessarily consult a whole lot of people when it comes to the things I watch on television. Is it going to prevent me from being filled with the Spirit? The things I say, what I let go, uh, float around in this head of mine. I have a command to be filled with the Spirit of God. And then I want us to see that there is fruit of the Spirit. So if, if I'm saved, and I am, and I allow the, work, the Spirit of God to begin to work, there's going to be some things I put off because the Spirit of God is changing. It has changed me, made me alive, but continues to change me. But I'm not there yet. I still don't, because the Holy Spirit, I'm not empty of my, all of me so the Holy Spirit can be filled, but I'm making changes. And when as I grow and allow the change to be made, I get to the place where the Spirit of God can fill me, and then I am fulfilling a command in Scripture to be filled with the Spirit. Be holy. Then there's going to be some fruit. There's a lot of people who say they're filled with the Spirit, but there's no fruit. Um. There's going to be fruit. See, the filling brings forth results. We are to pray in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, work in the Spirit, worship God in the Spirit, war in the Spirit, sow in the Spirit, praise in the Spirit, love in the Spirit. Everything we're supposed to do is in the Spirit of God. Uh, what is going to, how do we, how do we know what the Spirit wants? I taught on it two weeks ago. We get Spirit being, becoming, knowing what the Spirit wants and being filled with the Spirit comes, you cannot separate the Word of God from being filled with the Spirit. So as we think of the command, there's a progress that the Spirit, the more we give of ourselves to the Spirit, there's a process that's going to get us to the point where we want to be, we want to be filled with the Spirit. 
The point, another point made here is in Galatians 5, 20, there's there is a fruit. So if we are filled with the Spirit, there's going to be evidence of that. And then if I want to be filled with the Spirit, I need to want what the Spirit wants. It's not a magical thing. I'm going to pray until I'm filled with the Spirit. Prayer and being filled with the Holy Spirit, you cannot separate the two. However, you better stop doing some of the things the Spirit of God will rebuke you of doing if He's going to fill you. I want Him to fill me, but I don't want to change any of my habits. I want peace, but I'm not going to do what is necessary to get to peace. We have a way of doing that. So as he's working in me, and I say, you know what? I, that's where I want to be. I want, if, if, if you're a Christian and you're not there, that's where I want us all to be. Maybe you've been saved not too long. You let the Spirit of God work in you, work in you, work in you. The goal ought to be, I want the Holy Spirit to have all of me. When I speak, I don't want to speak. I don't want to be me. I want to be the Spirit of God. As I speak, I want there to be love. I want there to be kindness. As I, as I live, that's what I want. So if I want to be there, one, I've got to continue to give myself to the work of the Spirit in my own life. But if I know what the Spirit wants, and I can seek the things that the Spirit wants, while He works in my life, He and I are going to be on the same page so that I can have and be filled with the Spirit. Let me give you the outline. I think as I give you the outline, this will make more sense to you. Right, number one, let me, I'm just going to make, we're, we're running a little on time. I'll probably read two more references of Scripture, but I'm going to make six statements to you. When filled with the Spirit, we, should, we shall love the lost. If we are filled with the Spirit of God, we're going to have a love for the lost. Now, this is where you can rebuke, once again, all of these false churches. Very simple, practical teaching on the Spirit of God. Well, we, 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 we're not into all that hyper soul winning. Well, the Spirit of God loves the lost. I don't even know what that means, but... Um, when filled with the Spirit, we shall love the lost. How do you know if you're filled with the Spirit of God? Do you have a love for the lost? And before you answer that, let me put a couple of qualifiers on that. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, He longed for their salvation. Oh, He longed for them to be saved. It was His heart's desire they might be saved. The Spirit of God, as He works in our life, who is He going to make us more like? Your pastor? No. Like Christ. As the Spirit works in your life, He's going to make you, that's what He does, to make you more like Christ. So if we're filled with the Spirit of God, we're going to have the love for the lost like Christ had. He longed for the lost to be saved. He longed, sheep having no shepherd. Look at the fields widened to harvest. 
But most of us, and many times, we get so busy, we get so filled with ourselves, we don't ever see the lost. But when you're filled with the Spirit, you love the lost. You can't truly love them like Christ loved them without longing to see them saved. Christ also wept because of their lost condition. We've got to get the tears back into the church house. I'm not talking about ridiculous, look at me, speak it. I'm not talking about that. You know what I'm talking about. We've got to get the tears back in the prayer closet. And the thought that somebody might come to the Emmanuel Baptist Church lost and leave that way ought to break our hearts. That's why we have a responsibility from the usher in the parking lot when you make that first greeting. I spoke on this, I think it was two weeks ago, I touched on this, that if the Spirit of God really has the place in our life, when a, when a saved person when it is under the direction of the Spirit, he's in the presence of a lost person, there's an immediate impact. To everything that, that everything we greet, everybody that comes in and, and greets from the nursery workers to the ushers, to those that sing. Well, I'd, I'd hate to get up and sing and not have the f- fellowship with the Holy Spirit that I, that, I, that I should have or I could have so that it touches the heart. Those of you that sing, it's not, it's not just a prominent spot. It's a great responsibility. Oh, and I can carry that to as a preacher of the gospel. And the Spirit of God has got to have liberty because only the Spirit of God can bring conviction. But when filled with the Spirit, we should love the lost. And I've touched on this before, that in this world we live in, our nation, everything is so polarizing because the world has gotten so wicked. There's a balance of standing for truth. We better keep the tear in our eye. For the lost, uh, it's what Christ would do. He ate with them and got criticized. So if we're filled with the Spirit, we're going to have a love in our heart for the lost. Number two, when filled with the Spirit, we shall have liberty in the Lord. I'll read very quickly 2 Corinthians 3.17. If you want to jot that reference down, if you want to turn to it, you can. But as soon as I get there, I'm going to... Start reading 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. When filled with the spirit, we shall have liberty in the Lord. The, those who want a license to do whatever they want to do, or want to find a loophole to live the way they want to live, not only do they misinterpret and misconstrue, Ephesians 5, 17, but they use this verse as a justification. We don't have to have any man-made traditions. Well, that's not what, study your Bible. I have liberty in the Lord. As As you submit more to the Spirit of God, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this without somebody taking it out of context. When you submit more to the Spirit of God, you need less 
of the standard, here's the rules, here's what I have to live by. Why? Because you're in complete submission to what the Spirit wants. Um, I have great liberty when I preach Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I, I don't travel as much as others. When I go and preach other places, I have liberty, but not like I have liberty here. One, because this, this, this is where I pastor. In very, I, you want to know the spiritual condition of the church. How often does the pastor have to go down rabbit trails? Because if we are really living in the liberty of the Spirit of God, we are in submission to Him. We're not living with, in, in grieving Him. We're not living in quenching Him. I have liberty. I used to hear the years I sat underneath Brother Howells, I used to hear him say all the time, I, I drank, last night I drank all the beer I wanted to drink. I'm like, whoa. And the point is, I didn't want any. I didn't want any. Because living in submission to the Spirit of God, there is liberty if we just get to the place... Is it, does it please the Spirit or grieve the Spirit? Well, Pastor, can you explain to me? Now, I don't mind teaching. I don't mind telling about this is what the Bible says or this is the principle by which we, we should live. But... It's a sad thing if we've got to always try and find loopholes and we can't just live. I want the Spirit of God. I want the Spirit of God. I want the Spirit of God. So I have liberty. When filled with the Spirit, we shall have liberty in the Lord. I'll use this illustration. I'll move on. I've got to move on. I've got, I've got four more. That's liberty in the Lord, not liberty from the Lord. It, it, it's just like the, the argument, the, the, the false argument, the rabbit trail, a separation of church and state, separation of church and state. Study history, study the Constitution, actually read the words that was never intended for the church to stay out of the government. It was intended for the government to stay out of the church. It was never intended. They used that. Well, that's why we can't have prayer in the public schools. How they've gotten away with that shows the ignorance of, of, of our history. It was never intended for that. It's the same argument. I have liberty. I don't have to submit to my parents. I don't have to submit to a pastor. Well, if you are living under the Spirit of God, you're going to line up where, where you should line up. It's liberty in the Lord, not from the Lord. Number Statement number three. When filled with the Spirit, we love to labor with the Lord. Living the Christian life, there's labor. Parents, if you're going to rear your children for the Lord, you're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to work at it. You know, leading, I, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but somebody just walking up to you and say, hey, are you a Christian? Some would, that would shock you. Like, how could you tell? But, you know, that's a whole other thing. You know, are you a Christian? Well, can you show me how to be one? I don't know if it, it, something like that's ever happened to anybody. I was with Dr. Bob Gray Sr. not too long ago, and somebody walked up to him. I don't know why him and not me, but said, are you a preacher? 
And he said, absolutely, I, I, I am. Can you show me how to go to heaven? I'm like, ma'am, you'll have to not talk to him. Come over here and speak to me. Isn't it nice if they were all that way? They're not. Labor. Labor. Um, labor and prayer. Last week at that, the Preachers of Life Conference, a lot of labor went into that. Labor with the Lord. Use our life, more generally speaking, to labor for Him. His will is our will. His word is our weapon. His work, our willingness. We, see, well, Pastor, I just don't think, I just don't think I should be doing that. And this is after I've said, you know, I've prayed about it. And I think you should be a Sunday school teacher. Here's an opportunity for you. I think uh, here's an opportunity to sing in the choir. Here's an opportunity to serve as an usher. Here's an opportunity to, to work in the nursery. Well, I just don't think, when filled with the Spirit, we love to labor with the Lord. Well, I'd be willing to labor for Him. Uh, those full of the Spirit of God are willing to work for God. Those full of themselves work for themselves. We'll be very, very careful that we labor with the Lord. Number four, when filled with the Spirit, we should be lowly before the Lord. Humility. As the Spirit of God works in our life, humility should start to take hold. How proud do we have to be? First of all, it's a good Bible study just as you read your Bible through the year. Every time you see the word pride, circle it. Because we are warned that pride leads to destruction. How proud do we have to be? How full of pride do we have to be to know what the Bible says and say that doesn't apply to me? How proud do we have to be to join God's local church and understand that he gives a pastor as the overseer of the church and say, I'm going to push aside the order that God has said. And you know what? And I think this is what I'm going to do. How proud do we have to be? I've prayed about it. <laughs> really? Well, I have too. And I'm pretty confident in my prayer life. And the Spirit of God is not going to tell me something different than he's told you. So if we're not on the same page, somebody's talking to somebody else. I make that point because we should be lowly before the Lord. Well, I, I, want, God, what, what, I want God to explain to me. <laughs> the Spirit, Spirit of God didn't lead you to that conclusion. Read this Bible, and greater men than you and I, they exclaimed, I'm a worm. I'm unworthy. What humility. Spirit of God makes us humble. Uh, the spirit is never haughty. Whenever you see a haughty Christian, the Holy Spirit is nowhere near. Because as the Spirit of God gets more and more of us, it humbles us, humbles us, humbles us, humbles us, because we get a closer glimpse. Even Christ humbled himself. 
to go to be obedient to the cross, to the cross, humility. Uh, if we're filled with the Spirit, we should be lowly before the Lord. Number five, when filled with the Spirit, we should be learning of the Lord. There's something that's lacking in, in the lives of Christians and Christian homes and churches and pulpits. It's the word discernment. Discernment of, of scriptural truth. We're warned in the scripture that as a shepherd, as the under-shepherd of the church, we should be warned of wolves. Those that would creep in. Those false teachers that creep in unawares and on and on. But somewhere along the line as Christians, we've got to develop scriptural and spiritual discernment. Because Satan is good at what he does. Satan is a master craftsman at what he does. He's been doing it since the Garden of Eden. Paul reminds us, the Apostle Paul reminds us that we are not ignorant of his devices. God tells us what he's going to do and he's so good at it, he still deceives us. Partly because he's the great deceiver, but partly because we have no discernment. And I taught on this two weeks ago, if you can think back that long, part of how we get the Spirit of God, and He has more and more of us, is because of the Word of God. That's why if you want the Spirit of God in your life, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. It's not God's will for you and I to be a discouraged Christian. So when you're discouraged, what should you do? Open the Bible and read it. Well, I'm discouraged. I don't want to read it. Think of your, your mom or your grandmother. I don't want to take the message. Take it anyway. It'll make you better. Well, I, I'm, 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 just, I'm just upset. I'm just bitter. I'm just, read the Bible. I'm waiting for the Spirit to help me get over this. Really? No, read the Bible. How am I going to live my life? Uh, parents, new, new parents. Parents have young children. It's challenging. If you still have children under five and four, you, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's challenging. This world is more wicked than it's ever been. The devil is a great deceiver. What do I do? You need to be in the Word of God. Because there's instruction there, but it's also the Spirit work. It allows the Spirit to work in us. And when filled with the Spirit, we're going to have a discernment. Discern I believe God does, and He talks about it in the New Testament. He talks about He gives the church gifts to the church. And part of the gift that He gives is, is a gift of discernment. And, and a pastor should have discernment. And oh, that is a valuable, valuable thing for, for a Christian to have. I just don't see it. And, 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 and I'm, I'm a no, I do not have all wisdom. That, that's a fact. I, I do not know as much as some know, and I, I do not claim to be anything other than just what I am. 
But spending time in the Word of God, spending time in prayer, it gives you a relationship with the Holy Spirit of God. And with a filling of the Spirit of God, you have discernment. That's why, don't get upset if you haven't picked up your Bible in two months and you say, Pastor, I just don't see it that way. Well, how are you going to be able to discern? And the greatest tragedy in the life of many Christians is not an obvious wrong, choosing an obvious wrong versus an obvious right. It's that which is right and almost right. You have to have some discernment. How do you get that discernment? It's the Spirit of God. Many Christians don't have the discernment they could have because we're not learning of the Lord. Our goal should be to try and think like God thinks. We're never going to master that because we're flesh. But when we wonder how God thinks, he tells us how he thinks. I cannot tell you how many times, and I'm, many of you could testify this tonight. Here comes a decision I didn't know I was going to make today, but there comes a verse to memory. Or there comes just, that, there, that goes against a Bible principle. And sometimes, I'm just, I'm just, I, I'm just, not, I'm just bothered by it and I don't know why. Well, that could be the Spirit of God to the discernment. That's why people, if you go against, if somebody goes against the Word of God, they're not going to have Bible discernment. That comes with the, being filled with the Spirit. We should be learning of God. And then number six, and finally, and we're out of time. When filled with the Spirit, we listen for the Lord. Let me read Revelation 22 and verse 20. He which, the next to the last verse of the Bible, he which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. And then these next words, even so, come Lord Jesus. The Spirit being filled with the Spirit, we're listening for the Lord. Because as we empty our, us of ourselves and the Spirit has more control of us, the Spirit makes us more Christ-like. There, there's a clear contrast between spiritual things and things of this world. If you need to be reminded of that, turn back to Galatians chapter 5 and look at the manifestation of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit. And it is a fact, and if you've not, if you're not, not have, have, haven't got there in your Christian life, take my word for it and get a desire to find out on your own that the more you give yourself to the Spirit of God, the less satisfied you are with this world. When I was a younger man, I'd hear those who were older say, Oh, oh, I just can't wait. Oh, I'm thankful for the life God's given me, and I'm thankful to be able to serve Him 
but it's going to be wonderful when we get to heaven with our Lord. I'm like 16 years old, and I'm like, I just want to drive. I got a ball game next Friday. Yeah, heaven sounds, sounds wonderful, and I'm glad I'm going there. No, you get a little bit older, older and even older in the ministry, it's all living the dream. I, I don't consider myself an old man. Some of you might consider me an old man, but I don't consider myself an old man. But I can tell you, the more time I spend with God, the less I like this old world. I understand. Oh, I'm looking for a heavenly. I'm from a different country. I can't put my roots down here. I'm just a pilgrim passing through. Because the more you spend with the Spirit of God, the more the Spirit of God has control. See, Paul warned Timothy not to get entangled with the affairs of this life. Too many Christians get entangled with the affairs of this life, and it is robbing you of a Spirit-filled life. No, I'm just not ready. Well, I'm not ready to go tonight. But I'm not against it either. Are we listening? Even so, come, less satisfied. Less satisfied. It's, It's being filled with the Spirit of God. As we travel the journey God has for us, His will for our life. God's will for me is different than it is for you in the sense that it's God's will for me to be the pastor of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. It's not your will. And if you ever have a doubt about that, I'll remind you, it's not, it's not God's will for you to be the pastor of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. It's God's will for me. That doesn't mean the will of God that he has for you is any less significant for you than the will of God is for me. God's not going to judge you by what he had for me. He's not going to judge me by what he had for you. I only make that statement to say as we all have a will that God has for us, there's something that we all have in common. At salvation, the Spirit of God quickens us. The same Spirit of God quickens us. That spirit works in us. Well, that church really changed him. I know what people mean by that. The church didn't change him. Because the church changes, eventually it's going to be gone. Uh, The spirit of God has worked inside of you. Any change that's been made in you at salvation, it's by the spirit of God. We have that in common. And if we're going to continue to grow, the spirit of God has got to do it. That's common to us. And we ought to have the same goal to get to being filled with the Spirit of God. And we get to that place, those things I mentioned along with those in previous weeks, they're going to be evident in our life. Get, if you listen for the Lord today, we need to be reminded of that sometimes. When's the last time you considered your coworkers and that they don't get saved. You know, but I'll, 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 I'll say this, we just got our bus ministry started, started, started back up. 
Are you driving through those areas just thinking, I've got to hurry and get this done? I've got to fill my time? Because if that's the case, the Spirit's not in that. Because if you truly go under the influence of the Spirit of God, you realize behind every door, the people that live behind that door, they're going to heaven or they're going to hell. The only way they're going to be reached is if the Spirit of God does what I can not do. When's the last time we shed a tear for the lost? Oh, the Spirit of God. We need the Spirit of God. I like the preaching that we had last week. I hope it fired you up. I hope it motivated you. I hope it helped hit some reset buttons in your life. But all that was, was just, it's going to all go to naught if we don't grasp this kind of teaching. I've got to allow the Spirit of God to have more of me and more of me and more of me and more of me so that I can live under His influence and be more like Christ. There is a command. How are you doing with that command? There will be fruit. The fruit is not so we can walk around like, spirit griever. Spirit quencher. That's, that's a list for our own life. When is the last time I shed a tear for the lost? When is the last time? And we can just go down that list that I really had a desire to see the Lord. Just look around. Oh, Come quickly. Come quickly. Father, help us tonight.